0: It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, enjoy another fine episode from a blindness perspective as we navigate Android. and welcome to episode 118 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We're recording today on March the 11th, 2023. I'm Warren Carr alongside with my co-hosts. We've got John Dyer in Virginia, Doc Cameron in Canada, Austin Pinto in Mumbai, India, Sally Kandas somewhere hiding in Turkey. I have no clue where he's hiding at. And then we have Fee in London. That's the pretty one. And we've got a couple of great guests today that we'll be introducing. And we're talking about a young developer, the youngest developer I've ever come across, or most especially have ever introduced on our podcast as a guest. And so we have both uh, Ude and his dad. In today's episode, we do not have any announcements. Rather, we have two items that we'll be talking about. we be talking about the spotlight where we have our guests, the guys from India. And then we'll be talking a little bit about the Android 14 Developer Preview 2 that just dropped in. Guys, let's talk about episode 118. But first, though, let's do some well-being check here. Uh a feedan, the pretty one in London. How are you doing?
1: Not too bad. Bit of a headache though, not sure quite why. Um might be we're connected, I don't know. I um I had a very minor operation on one of my fingers yesterday. So it could have all it could have been all the excitement, perhaps. Um, but it doesn't hurt. Um so yeah, that'll be fine very soon. And uh, the weather here is sort of a bit miserable. And, um, yeah, so how oh am I? I suppose the the, the the best, not bad, but a bit meh is probably the most accurate. Uh, looking forward to the weather warming up soon, though.
0: Good. We hope you feel better soon. Um, and I'm sure uh, that little, uh, you know, work you had on the finger might even have something to do with the headache.
1: Might do, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it could be. Sally
2: boy, what's up with you?
3: Well, what's up with me is that it's raining here since early morning and it's already so, it so wet all around. And we, were, we weren't expecting such a big rain. And yeah, it's coming. And apart from that, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we are working for the app. In a couple of days, uh, we will be sending the app to Google Play and the accessible Android app will be in your fingertips and you'll be enjoying the content that we have for you. And this is the good news from our side.
0: Absolutely beautiful. You know, I didn't know that, you know, it rains a lot in in Turkey. I'd always thought that, you know, Turkey is like um, maybe like one of those uh, desert countries, you know, in the Middle East. I think I'm wrong about Turkey
3: yeah maybe you are well we got like uh surrounded a lot of sea and yeah it rains sometimes it snows so
0: yeah Camboy, what's going on I, I, you know it's the snow melting there ours is melting but funny enough though we it seems like we've been having snow just about every day, even though it doesn't last. But we wake up in the morning, there's this snow on the on the ground there. And later on, you know, in the afternoon the sun comes out and it's melting, but it's just an off and on thing, just about every day. We're having that white stuff coming down. Right. Yeah. Sadly we're not melting yet.
4: Uh this weekend they're actually saying we're colder than normal on for this time of year. Um Thankfully, it's not too too bad. We're just below freezing, but we're not expecting to see too much melting occurring. Um, other than that, I'm actually not too too bad. Been just you know working hard. Got my work event happening next weekend, so it's been a bit of a bit of a crazy week. So I'm kind of kind of excited to have a bit of unwind time. I'll actually be in your uh, relative neighborhood on Wednesday there, Warren.
0: Are you coming to the state of Washington?
4: Oh, I'm coming just north of you. I'll be in Vancouver for basically a w- almost a week.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, give me a call when you get there. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Uh, Mumbai boy, that's Austin. What's going on?
5: So, yeah, the weather is, I don't know, it just can't make up its own mind. So we just celebrated the festival of Holi. Now for the people of US and other countries, those who don't know what Holi is, it's basically a Hindu festival, but everyone celebrates it. So it is when you throw water and color on everyone. The festival uh, of
4: colors! I love it!
5: The festival of colors.
4: I love
5: it! So now they've started playing with natural colors. First they to play with paint, little paint, so... The color would not go off for five, six days. But now they have started natural colors. But that's not all. So the weather is, it became hot and then it rained on holy day. Actually, it does not rain that, uh, at that day or that season. And now the weather is just burning. So I'm sitting in air condition and recording. But the weather is just burning. It becomes super hot in the afternoon. Then it cools down a little in the evening and morning. It is pleasant weather. So I would like some Canadian weather in, in in Mumbai, especially.
4: No, you don't want our weather, Austin. You don't want to deal with the snow and the ice and the cold.
5: Yeah, it's better to deal with the ice and snow rather than the heat. Well, you, you know
0: that now. <laughs> the hot weather, Austin, would help you know melt down that color. I think if I happened to be there, I'd throw the green on my head. I'd always wanted a a green. Painted hair. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it won't, be, it won't be painted much unless you can just rub
5: it off and it will just disappear.
1: <laughs> we we yeah. actually had some snow on, uh, on Wednesday. It didn't really stay, but um, and in some parts of England, they had some yesterday and some schools were closed and things because we're not very good at coping with snow in the UK. No, you guys don't know how to You guys quiet. don't
0: get snow. No.
1: Um, no, we're not,
0: we're not very good. Yeah, no, you don't get, you hardly get snow. John Boy, what's going on in Virginia? It's good here
3: in Virginia. Just a typical week for me. Uh, it's probably been in the f- 50s, but sun is shining, so all is well.
0: John, you got a new headset and you and I were testing it out. Is that what you're using for the uh, episode? Yeah, it's a Turtle Beach
3: headset, and it's got a pretty good Bluetooth connection, so I've been impressed with it. But um, it was a little pricey, but I'm kind of seeing if I could use it as my like my do everything headset, and if it passes the test, then I'll keep it. Good.
5: So we have a very very small informal announcement, and that is the there is going to be a surprise for our podcast listeners when they listen to this episode. And none of the podcast crew knows what the surprise will be, except one. So do listen to the entire episode and give us your feedback. This is the spotlight segment in which we bring you premier interviews from Yes, device unboxing and important news about Android. Stay tuned for this segment. And continue listening to the podcast.
0: We now move on to our next segment, and that would be the Spotlight. And today we have these guys from India, great people joining us and talking about an app. And we are so thankful to be welcoming A father and son. I will be ceding this portion to uh, Austin as we go about talking with these guys. Austin, can you introduce our guests?
5: So, as Warren said in the introduction, we have two wonderful guests in our virtual studio. One is Ravi Kumar and his son Uday Shankar from this wonderful company called Eurotech from India. So, Uday Shankar Kumar is the youngest developer we have ever had on the podcast. So Warren can take it from this part.
0: Thank you so much, Austin. And you guys, we welcome you to our podcast. Dad, let's begin with you. And the important thing here is that we have both of these guys, you know, father and son. And the son is actually the one in the driver's seat. But we just want the dad, who is a great support to his kid, to kind of Give us a little background on how this all got started.
6: Thank you all. Uh, I mean, it's a great honor uh, coming over here and telling you about our work. And we have uh, seen how few people are, uh, you know, working um, uh, for uh, popularizing the the apps that's uh, on the um, Android platform and all that. So uh, th- thanks again, all of you. Uh, and uh, uh, as for the uh, answer to your question, uh, we were like, uh, you know, when I'm I'm a dentist, um, I I practice orthodontics. So uh, I took my kid Uday Shankar uh, to my clinic once uh, just to show him what I'm doing. And that was like at four, when he was four years of age. And he said, I, "I was, you know, you you know what what we do, dentist." So he said he was uh, saying like, "What, Dad? What are you doing? What, what, it's so I mean, it's gross. What what are you doing? I, don't even bring me here ever." <laughs> and that was it, over done. <laughs> so he he said he I understood that he is not interested in anything related to medicine, dentistry, you know. So then he, uh, it all came out slowly. He went into robotics. He went into uh, Python programming. So I'm not the person. He, he, he does everything. So I told him, "Kid, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. I will provide you for uh, your uh, three square meals a day, or whatever, and a uh, roof over your head and a uh, uh, place for you to live. Do not." Think of yours and anything for your sustenance. Everything I am providing your lifetime. Don't worry, <laughs> enough for you. Uh, so you are free from that. Go ahead, do something. Do something which will help you and all the people in the world. Maybe not all the people. That's impossible. Maybe, but at least this this is saying like uh, Wittgenstein in his uh, famous book. Is it? If you can change one person, if you can improve the lot of one person, you have changed the world. So this is what I gave my uh, advice uh, to my kid. And he's trying to do his best. I don't know. So, I mean, I I, I don't know anything about what he's doing. Uh, you Like you people said that he's doing something good. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, hope uh, you will support him uh, for all this, uh, this this thing, whatever he's doing. and. That's, that's all from me. Thank, thank you, guys.
0: Well, Dad, thank you so much. Because, you know, to be honest, the kid didn't want to go down the road that you have chosen. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be a dentist. And we just want to say, you know, he chose the right path, in my opinion, because uh, he's doing something that helps those of us who are blind. If there's anything that we have a problem with, most especially those of us who are blind. It's a, a few things, especially when it comes to navigation and especially in, inside buildings and all of that. And this is what, what the focus of this app is. And the app we're talking about today, for which we have um, the young man, is that 3RDI or third, I call it just 3RDI. 3R, di uh he he will tell us what it is properly called but so and to be able to find our way in a building and all of that that's one of the most important things because there are some of us that would like to be able to go to places on our own or even like when i go to a hotel or whatever and things like that it could be a problem trying to find a way around and so apps like this make it uh, important for us. And so to see you being supportive of a kid uh, who didn't choose your path, but chose his own, and most especially when you encourage him by saying, you know, do whatever you can or whatever you wanted to do, as for your meals and a bed and all of that, dad's taking care of that. I think that's encouraging. And so we are thankful to you for being there for young Ude. Now, Ude, let's get to talk to you now. You are a 14-year-old kid. And uh, you know, in the States here, you'll still be in high school. Probably uh that would be maybe like your freshman year or something along. My daughter's uh 15 and actually this is she's still in her, is my daughter in her. I think this is her second year. I don't remember. Can you believe? I don't know what grade my daughter is in. I think she's in <laughs> <her> ninth grade. Because <laughs> uh, she's in ninth grade. So she's 15 and she's just completing her first year in high school. And uh, and I imagine that in India, you guys usually are farther ahead of us. Um, you probably be in your second year in. Uh, secondary school or something like that. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Ude, before we get to your work.
7: Yeah. Hi, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for the kind words. And um, so basically what happened was I'm, because uh, my dad told, right, uh, I was really interested in robotics and then I got into Python. And what happened was I got into game development with Unity. So One day, my principal at our school, Nanda Public School, uh, here in Kerala, asked me, could you do something useful with this, right, other than just making games? So uh, I remember the time we went to the Louvre uh, in France. They had Nintendo DS game consoles for navigation it tells you about the paintings and all that. So I thought, why couldn't you have something like this in your mobile phone? which could help uh, a visually impaired person navigate, right? So that's how I got the idea for it. And then I refined and uh, uh, also found out that a lot of the, I think uh, all of the uh, available navigation apps, I don't think they have have obstacle, ge- have obstacle detection Obstacle so directions, I added that and refined the idea a bit more, yeah. That's how I got the concept of that. Right now, it's the uh, prototype proof of conduct. It's done, it's finished, and it's in the testing validation stage. So we just have to test this in uh, real-world situations.
0: So tell us, uh, Ude, uh, you're still in high school, right? You're still in secondary school, right?
7: Yeah, I'm in eighth standard.
0: He's in the military, yeah. Yeah. So so basically, it's like here, because when my daughter was 14 last year, uh, she was in the middle school. I mean, she she started high school um in the fall, and then she turned 15 at the close of December of last year. So uh, that seems like you guys have the same system that we have here in the States. Uh, you will have to graduate by 18 unless something else happens. But so It's nice to know that you're in middle school and here you are uh, developing things and talking about language that I have no clue, you know, Python and all of that. I don't think I even know how to write my name, Uh, (laughs) let alone uh, do something like this um, in a technical way. But so it's absolutely beautiful to see that you have the passion and most especially your passion is intended toward making the world better for those of us who are blind. And so an old papa like me uh, is going to be so forever thankful to you for uh, taking this initiative to uh, make such an app that would be helpful to all of us who are blind. Um, My next question before I let others talk, because I I don't want to, tech the whole time. I know it's late there in India. Now, so you have given us a little bit of history, how you got started, how you went to France and all of that, and how you saw the need that we need something like that, especially on our mobile phones. Now, tell us, are you yourself blind? No. Now, tell me, uh, why did you uh, decide to do something for blind people. Do you know of any blind persons around you, or how did you come about having this compassion uh, for people like me who are blind?
7: I mean, uh, I don't know any blind persons personally, but I've seen videos on YouTube in cities like Delhi, our capital, where it's uh, they're showing that it's very hard for these uh, uh, blind people to navigate these spaces, so that's how I got inspired to build the app.
0: Absolutely wonderful. And frankly, I am so proud of you. Uh, if I have another kid that I'm adopting, it will have to be you. Uh, so uh, here I am, a papa of yours here. Papa, so two of us papas here.
6: I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up.
0: <laughs> so I am, to be honest, I'm so proud of this kid because. Uh, He's got such a compassion and I see that you're going to be doing a lot of wonderful things for us. And I'm so thankful to see someone having the initiative this young, uh, because most people, usually developers, Uh, Most of of them don't even care about us. You ask about accessibility and they'll tell you, oh, this is not for the blind or whatever. And it takes a lot of uh, cajoling to see them make things accessible to us. But with your initiative of thinking of us, we're not an afterthought. And so I am so thankful. Thank you so much, Uday, uh, for doing this.
7: So I actually found that, you know, the talkback feature on Android, uh, these game engines that people make games on, they do not have support uh, for these kinds of accessibility features built in. So that's also a big problem. It is true that what you said.
2: Yeah,
3: that's that's true. Um, talk back. Most... There's... Actually, very few accessible games on uh, Android, and I think that's part of the reason why. But I had a, qu- a question for you. Uh, why Android? And are you also developing for iOS, or are you starting with Android? Uh, because most developers seem to always go for iOS first, and then you know, Android is always an afterthought for them. So I'm just curious what um, what your plans are for the app and why you've chosen Android.
7: Well, because I mean, I use a Windows PC, so it's like really hard to get um, into iOS development because you need a Mac. So, and of course, my uh, family uses Android phones. Um, So it was easier for me to get into uh, first PC development and then Android development. Yeah, we do plan to expand to iOS in the future, uh, but it's because it's more costly here because you need a Mac and then. That's like a hundred dollar per year payment for Apple developers, and for Google it's just twenty five dollars one time payment. So it's much easier to get into Android here.
3: Okay, cool. And yeah, don't you don't don't feel like you have to rush into helping those people on iPhones and iOS. Just focus on us for now.
0: <laughs> and I do want to echo John's uh, sentiment here because too often. The guys that develop for the other side, for the other aisle, don't even give a rat about us. And so, boy, I'm so proud of you, man. Uh, Keep the Android thing going because it is hugely important. And uh, we want something that we are going to be bragging about. And so uh, keep that fire going on and keep the Android uh, development going on.
7: Here in India, especially, I think we have way more Android users than iOS users because here the iPhone is more costly. So that's another reason why I did Android development.
1: Um, I have a question. You were talking about that it um, it would tell you when there were obstacles in the way. How does it do that? I don't mean in terms of the, you know, the Python commands. I mean, how does the phone know, like do you have to use the camera or something, or you know what's the um how, how does it know? How does it know there's an obstacle
0: so in other words, Ude now you tell us about the app and what it is intended to do, so this is your time now to tell us about what three r d i does. And what it entails, what it needs in order for that, what I call the Haitian magic, to happen.
7: So basically, it's a third eye for us. It's like a third eye for the users. It um, helps them navigate these places, right? So basically, yeah, there's a, a thing called AR Core, which is what lets uh, me do the AR stuff for, AR stuff for the app. So it uses a camera for estimating the depth. Or if your phone has a uh, a 3D depth camera or LiDAR or any other sensors like that, it will take that into account also. So here um, we have used the Galaxy S10, Samsung Galaxy S10 5G for testing. That does have a um, depth camera, they call it, which leads to more accurate obstacle detection. You also have a Pixel 3a, which we use for testing, and that doesn't have a, a extra center for this. So it's not very accurate for that. And well, the, basically the app uh, uses AR core features to uh, create paths. The app doesn't create the path. A person um, has to go and scan these areas so for example, a metro station or shopping mall, they have to scan these areas with these paths. It's more like mapping an area. So you have all the paths and they can also enter description to the path. So it can also uh, describe the environment to you. So for example, if you're in front of an elevator, it will tell you the buttons to call the elevator at, at your left or right at so and so height like that. Uh, so it has the virtual paths uploaded to cloud uh, which have which have been mapped by a person, uh, and then that's just simply downloaded by the app at runtime.
1: So it uses the camera indoors. um does it use GPS at all anywhere, or is it entirely um the the camera that you're you're using here?
7: It, it uses both because uh, it uses GPS to get uh, the location, your location, and then it downloads the data uploaded to the cloud and then yeah. it uses uh, AR cores um, uh, AR core to detect these paths and it uses a camera for that, of course, and the sensors like the accelerometer, all that stuff. So yeah, it uses both the camera and GPS
1: oh, okay does it use any any other things like bluetooth or um you know it does it just use talkback to, to to tell you where you are or or does it um have its own you know speech synthesizer or you know how do you how does it tell you, you know, for example where the buttons on the lift are do you use talkback for that
7: Yeah. Again, as I said, the problem is these game engines, which are basically, you can imagine it as a car engine, which the app runs on, uh, that does not support TalkBack and all these uh, accessibility features. So it's mostly just people on um, platforms like GitHub who do it for free and the engine does not have any native support for this. So uh, the app uses a plugin which uses uh, the Google Voice to communicate with the user. Okay. And, of course, it uses uh, Wi-Fi or data to download um, the uh, data which has been uploaded to the servers.
0: Okay. So, Ude, in other words, what you're saying is that when I launch this app, I need to suspend... TalkBack, because the app is going to be self-voicing. Am I correct in that understanding?
7: Yes, the app, uh, in the uh, closed beta version of the app, it actually tells you if it detects TalkBack has been enabled, it asks you to switch it off, because again, sadly, Unity does not support it.
1: Yeah, so TalkBack can't work with this, because they sort of cancel each other out somehow, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess
0: yeah, yeah. Makes now sense. let's let's talk about the mapping. So the mapping does the mapping take place in the app? For example, so you've indicated though that uh, in order for it to work properly, one would need to t- uh, turn back off, and so I'm imagining that during the process of the mapping, one would have to launch the app. You know, so someone who is sighted, for example, would go in there since TalkBack is not going to be running or whatever, uh, would have to go in there and map uh, the area before I can use it as a blind person. So uh, am I correct in that thinking? So, for for example, let's say I go to a hotel here, let's say a, a very cheap hotel, let's say I go to uh, a Motel 6 or something that crazy, and someone has mapped that using this app. And I, as a blind person, go in there, if I launch that app, would it uh, automatically detect that, you know, this place supports or... Has been mapped and I can now find my way around, but it has to be done by someone who's cited, right?
7: Yes. So the idea is that this would be done by the owners of these facilities or like, you know, their employees, right?
0: But when I go in there, uh, my app would automatically shake hands with what's already in place and be able to give me the guidance that i need in navigating my way around this building right
5: exactly great but you know what has happened when you depend on owners to do something that most of the owners they don't cooperate because in india some years back there was a petition to make the zomato and for those of you don't know what zomato is it's a Food ordering service which also you delivers your groceries to make the zomato menus accessible and it's still not done so if you leave something to be done by the owners then mostly they don't cooperate so i think there should be some other way also of doing it by which we can do it somehow or something
7: i mean the main problem the app faces when it's running is knowing your position right because GPS is not very accurate. That's a problem. So a GPS has 20 meters accuracy on average. So we need an accurate way of knowing the user's position. So that's why uh, it uses ARCore. And of course, these paths are needed to well guide the user to their destination. So, I mean, maybe we will be able to find a way where it could automa- automatically find these paths and generate these paths in the future but right now what we have tried is it, it has to be uh, mapped from the beginning
0: now let's talk about cost and all of that because when it all said and done uh usually it all boils down to what i call mula money and uh so is this app In its current state, is still in beta. uh, Is is it free or are you intending on finding a way of monetizing it, maybe like an in-app purchase or something of that sort? Or what are your plans? Uh, Or is this a, a school project that you might abandon? Uh, shortly after, or is it something you want to continue? Because I've seen a few of these type of things uh, come from high school students. And I'm looking at an app here that I have. It's called iHello. Uh, It was a navigational app from some young lady I got to talk with. And um, she did that for her school project, final final year school project at high school. And when she went to college, it just, Got abandoned. Uh, What are your thoughts about this?
7: So my dad he set up a company for me. That's the Eurostech company. So we are developing this as a company. So this will be developed uh, till it's completely finished. All the uh, kinks are um, ironed out, and yeah. So our uh, what, what we are planning is this will be completely free for the public. The app will be free for the public. But it will cost some money for the um, uh, facilities because we have to maintain the servers uh, uh, or pay the the servers and all that stuff.
0: So maybe uh, in that app, you might have a place for people to donate when it's finally, or when it finally becomes available. It's totally up to you, but I can see uh, the need of having some donation in there as an incentive. And a lot of people would be able to donate that way, whatever they want to donate, because that then would help you uh, when you you get older and uh, are allowed to drink coffee. Uh, You know, someone could get you a little donation to um, uh, buy some coffee or or something like that. Uh, So I think it's something that may be important to uh, think about integrating um, a way of people to making donations.
7: Yeah, I think that's a good idea too. So we might add that in the um, uh, future versions of the app. So thanks for your input.
2: I'm wondering
1: how you would persuade facilities to donate because quite honestly, a lot of places are actually not that bothered about how accessible their premises would be. They'll, their their argument would be, well, haven't you got someone who can come with you? Which makes me very angry. Um, I much prefer your approach, you know, making an app so we can go places ourselves. Um, and I wonder, how, how are you going to persuade them to do that?
8: We plan to take this to the government. That's the, the the I mean the organization which can you know help us all out here, and uh, then you have these large um, uh, airport and transportation, transportation. Uh So they can we, we call the uh, com- corporate social responsibility uh schemes for the some company, of the, the companies are supposed on uh you know uh social responsibility things uh so they can they can invest it's it's good for them uh with through that we have that for in in the in, in the u.s countries we have this thing also social responsibility things so from there uh, uh, because washington metro i think is going to be the first uh uh, accessible for the visually impaired through Waymap, but the problem with Waymap that it doesn't have uh, obstacle children So the business part, we will uh, try to make this as painless to
6: people who need this. Uh, and tinting the uh app uh, as estimate method would well, be. This is also part of you know.
2: That is our support of freedom, so uh sound really good
0: like fee says you know sometimes we don't always necessarily need someone to go with us to places, and most especially when it's n- not. Th- the time that they want to go with you. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine. God bless him. Passed some years. Passed away some years ago. He used to say that blind people have the wait problem because when you ask someone to help you with someone, they tell you to wait, and it gets very frustrating. And so you can get things at the time that you want to. So we've, uh, in these days, when one could call something like Uber or Lyft to take you to a place, I mean, I could just have them drop me off uh, at the door and I should be able to find my way around the building. So this is definitely a a very good thing uh, that would be useful to many of us and gives us that independence that we crave for most especially when it comes to wanting to do things for ourselves. So I see this as a win-win situation for those of us who are blind.
1: I have a question slightly uh, more technical which is um at the moment i i don't have any apps that will detect detect obstacles you know this what you're doing is sounds like a, a new even better system um but a problem i have when i go into um there are some shopping centers um certainly in in london and and you know bigger cities and they have uh multiple floors um so if you're downstairs you're in one shop and if you're upstairs you may be in the same shop if it's a big one but you might be in a different one if it's um you know um if it's a smaller shop uh, upstairs might be another another one another uh, company um and so your phone i'm thinking might get a bit confused if you can get gps at all because you're indoors um do you have ways around that yet or is this a a problem that still needs to be solved because often when i'm inside a shopping center even a smaller one that's on one floor once i go underneath under the roof when it's not a glass roof anymore um i just get nonsense on my uh, gps navigation because i'm not outdoors anymore
7: So right now, where we the places where we are tested, uh, we are getting good enough GPS to get the address of uh, where the user is currently. But some places we went to, it couldn't get the address at all, so that is a problem. Uh, But again, we are only using GPS once in the app, and that's when you open the app. And after that, it, uh, it uses a camera, for a visual positioning system. That's what the um, pods use.
1: I'm really looking forward to trying it at some point. I guess you'll probably be doing stuff in India first, though, won't you? Because that's where you're based. So, Um, but one day when it comes to the UK, that sounds like it's going to be very exciting.
7: Right now, actually, anybody can try it. It's on the Google Play Store. Um, Actually, the thing is, the version on the Google Play Store is um, the public version and it's very outdated. But we do have a closed beta testing uh, a system where you can join and um, try uh, all these apps, uh, all the new features.
1: But if it hasn't been mapped yet, how, will it, how would it help me at the moment?
7: Yeah, that's a problem. So you might need the person of, uh, you might need the help of another person for scanning. So can you can
1: people um, like if I had a sighted friend, could they help me to do that, or does it have to be like somebody from a company or something?
7: No, anybody can do it. I mean, anyone in the close testing, right? In the visa okay. closed testing.
3: So I if i if there's a company that's not going to map their own building, could I go in there with somebody, help have them help me map it? and if if I save that map data, will that then apply to anybody else who goes in that same building in the future?
7: Then, for it. that case, I think the donations will come in handy.
3: yeah okay. That's. I just want to make sure that that, that it went completely dependent on the company needing to cooperate. So that is good at, I could map anything I want to, and then from that point on, that would be available to anybody else.
2: So the way I'm
0: understanding it, though, is that, uh, you know, yeah, companies or, you know, s- superstores or whatever can help do the mapping. But also, uh, one, as an individual, someone, if I go there shopping, let's say I go there with my wife, for example, I go to maybe... Um, a mall here or some store, let's say I go to some uh, silly store like Gaps, for example, and uh, I could say, hey, you know what, hon, let's go ahead and, and map this so we'll walk from aisle to aisle and, and all of that, and we should be able to do that because I don't see any company that, or you know, businesses, especially like you know, shopping stores that are going to prohibit Uh, the use of the camera because, you know, we always scan things to check prices against other uh, places anyway. So I think that with this, one could map the place as an individual and shows where the bathroom is and things like that. uh, So that next time when someone who is blind comes around, happens to have the app and they open that app, it will show that this location has been mapped. But Going back to what Fee was saying and about GPS, in my thinking, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my thinking is that if a building has been mapped, or an inside of a building has been mapped, for example, if I come to the door of that building and I I fire up the uh, the app, it should be able to just download uh, what has been mapped because those. Uh, mappings, get uh, you know get updated to the cloud anyway. So it should the app should be intelligent enough to know that the inside of this building has been mapped, and therefore, as I come near the door, it should be able to automatically download the uh, the data for that uh, building as long as I open that app uh, within the doors of that building to make sure you know, I have connectivity. So in the event that, you know, there's no connectivity inside, as long as those uh, data or that data is downloaded, I should be fine. And there would be no need for uh, uh, internet connectivity. At this point, I'm thinking even maybe uh, in an airplane mode, it might even work since it has uh, the data downloaded. Am I correct in that thinking?
7: So the reason we require GPS is that when you have uh, multiple scans, I mean, when you have multiple buildings which have been scanned or mapped or whatever, the app would have to know which one to download, right? So that's why we require the GPS because uh, when we save the data to the cloud, the, um, the ID, you could say, of that data is associated with the um, uh, address of the building, our facility. So that's the reason we need GPS.
0: As it is right now, if one uh, goes to a place that has it, one should be able to download it, provided you have internet connectivity, and then one should be good to go. Right, uh, Ude?
7: Yeah. So right now you need internet connectivity, GPS, and yeah. So you need internet and 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 the camera. I mean, yeah, most phones have a camera, actually. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but that's what you have to. You have to because when you first open an app, it asks you to allow those things to work.
7: So somebody has to allow
1: them for it to work properly, don't they?
7: Yeah, and another thing is uh, the. the requirements for this app are somewhat high because you know it requires like um, mid to high end phones, I think, internationally. Yeah. Um, yeah, here uh, we are only getting phones, uh, very high end phones that support this because of the depth detection or obstacle detection. Uh, because in cases where it is estimating the uh, depth it uses a lot of processing power. So you it's usually like good phones, like Pixel 3a. Uh,
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a really exciting app. And and especially if I can, for example, you know, next time my mum comes over, we could maybe map somewhere and then, you know, I could try it again when she's not around and see how
0: that works yeah exactly maybe like in an apartment complex um you know map the walkways and you know things like that you know if it has an office and and stuff like that so i can see the usefulness of this app in several aspects and several instances that it would come in handy for us so i am glad that we have that and so Ude, I know it's kind of getting late for you and your dad, and we really thank you guys for dropping by to chat with us. And um, would you be willing to come back, you know, once this thing is out of uh, public beta or closed beta, once um, you've uh, updated the uh, most current one to the Play Store to where um anyone can use it without needing to be in the beta. Would you be willing to come back again at some point when we want you to, so we could talk about it um, in its new uh, form?
2: Yeah, yeah.
6: Good. Yeah, sure. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we we can do that. And I just uh, want to add that, uh, you know, if anyone is willing to help with the mapping, we can uh, we can tell them. We can uh, you know uh, take them through the steps that they have to. It's very simple. You don't have to do be technical. I have done it. <laughs> if I can do it, I what I tell my kid if I can do it, anyone can do yeah. it. So, so uh, do so this. sighted friend. You can, initially, uh, take some uh, neighbor's house or some some place where you have not gone before. Um, and, uh, you can try it there, uh, and then, you know, if so confident, you, you don't even do need this. to go through the facility, uh, or the owner of the place or anything. Anyone can go to the mall, uh, map it for you, uh, you know, just like, uh, Google uh, does, uh, with all the people going around, uh, Google maps, uh, you can do that. And the only issue is, you know, we 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 are spending some money on it, so thank you, Warren, for giving maybe us a great of, uh, donation. Maybe that will help to cover it up. Uh, you know, cost. That's a great idea.
0: So here's the idea or some suggestion that I have. Uh, you know, maybe you could introduce like a little tutorial. Uh, for example, when someone opens the app, then it has a little tutorial that would say. In order for this to work, um, the floors need to be mapped. And so, you know, uh, have uh, a sighted person or whatever, uh, someone to go in the building and use uh, the scanning feature or map the place. Because right now, when one opens it, though, even though this is outdated, we, uh, the one that is on the Play Store is outdated, it's not really what is uh, going to be out there. Uh, There's no any tutorial. So I think that in the next one that you upload there, that you'll have a little tutorial uh, letting people know what they need to do in order to uh, make it work. Because when I first opened that app, I had no clue as to what it does because there was no tutorial of telling me um, I needed to have someone to help me map the floor. So it would be very helpful if you have that as an introduction to the app upon launch.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, good idea.
7: Yes, so um, in the closed beta version of the app, it does tell you to enable, I mean, disable TalkBack if it detects that it has been enabled. And um, regarding the other issues, uh, I've added that to the suggestions. Um, list i guess and i already have um a um a short documentation tutorial uh, page uh, where it details how someone can scan this area so i'll put a link to that in the app and have a better tutorial right now the only tutorial test is just it uh, checks if the location is given and uh, all that and just tells you to double tap the screen, right?
0: That's wonderful because that's what I'm saying. So if you have that URL in there, in the app, so when I launch the app, there would be something that learn how to use this app and it it points me to a URL that when I tap on, it will take me to that page and shows me how to go about mapping. That's what I'm talking about because right now in the one that we have that is out there on the Play Store, there's no such a thing. So... Uh, people are expecting that when they open it up, they're going to be able to navigate and then find out different. So it would be definitely uh, helpful to see that new one in there. So uh, can anyone join? Well, it's a closed beta, really. It's not for everybody. Uh, but would there be a way that the uh, my podcast crew could uh, beta test this, uh, find that way to join the the beta or can we send you an email or whatever? What do we need to be part of this beta and and test it out?
7: Yeah, uh, all we need is uh, you can just email us uh, with your, um, so basically because this is Google Play Store, you need a Gmail account. So you can just uh, send us your Gmail account, uh, which you want the closed testing to be part of. And then it'll just, we'll send a link, which will just say, uh, do you want to join closed testing? And after you join, it'll just um, say, if you already have the app installed, you'll receive an update in a few hours. I think, Mr. Warren, uh, I think uh, I've sent you the, I've added you to the um, closed testing.
0: Good, because I had requested that. And is this also open... To let's say some of our listeners, I not I know it's not everybody's that's going to be joining, but there are some like me that would like to join. Who are our listeners? Uh, would they also be allowed to join the close beta? You know, let's say people that want to uh, help in better testing this. Uh, would it be okay if they contact you? Uh, with the email address that you'll give us, which we'll put in the show notes, so that those who are interested in joining the closed beta would join, uh, or send you a message to have them added to the beta. Is that uh, something that you are willing to do? So, let's say, for example, uh, would you be able to accommodate, say, uh, twenty or thirty people in the beta? Would that be something that you would be uh, able to accommodate? And it if so, then uh, we could, uh, people could uh, send you their email addresses. And of course, if uh, the number of people have been reached, then you could just l- reply, let- letting that person know um, the beta is closed. You've had enough people for the beta. There's nothing wrong with that at all.
7: Yeah, I mean, we can have a few people, like 10, 20 uh, people, testing this. That's not a problem.
0: Good, so we'll put that email address in there, which is also found within the Play Store page of the app in the event that someone wants to join the beta if the beta is still open for people to join. So you can only take so many people in there. So uh, it's like first come, first served um, uh, thing here. And so that's the kind of basis that it's gonna be working on. Uh, once you have enough people that you want in the beta, then that beta uh, is closed, and so we appreciate you coming and again, thank you so much for joining us today and Dad, thank you so much for encouraging that kid, and frankly, we're looking forward to having you guys back again once this thing goes out of the beta
6: you're welcome you're welcome and yes yeah, and and thank you thank you uh I hope we can uh, for and, uh, all to, you know do something there, uh, uh, and hope he can do something
0: <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you a lot.
7: i mean thank you it's not a problem i mean it's it's a great thing that uh, you're doing it's great work and you know it's, um, enabling more uh, people to use these smartphones they're basically supercomputers that you can hold in your hand so it's great that more people can get access to that and improve their lives with it
3: thank you so much thank you thank you. thanks for coming on it's nice meeting you guys
1: thank you
5: This is the Spotlight segment, in which we bring you premier interviews from guests, device unboxing, and important news about Android. Stay tuned for this segment and continue listening to the podcast.
0: Up next, we're talking about Android 14 Developer Preview 2, which dropped on Wednesday. That was the 8th of this month. I have installed it. And though there are some changes and all of that, but for some reason, I'm having some difficulty with mine in the sense that every time I, I shut down my phone and it comes back up, then I have an error that says com.android.qns has stopped. And it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, I have even uh, reset the phone twice. And now I talked to Austin. Austin is not seeing that at his end, but this is on my Pixel 7 Pro. But that's the only problem that I'm having with this build. For some reason, I didn't have that. Uh, happening with the first uh, developer build. But now I'm seeing that, but I'm hoping that next month when it opens up to the beta, that the uh, problem may be fixed. Let's talk about what has changed and what hasn't. But I think there are a couple of things that are exciting, most especially, maybe three things. Uh, The first one we want to talk about is the flashing of notification. I tested both of those. And this is something that you can set in your accessibility area. You go to the accessibility area and you could turn that on. You have the one that could flash on the screen. So this is all visual for if you're sighted or whatever, you have some sight, so that when a notification comes in, for example, it will flash like yellow. The whole screen could light up like that or... uh, you could choose to also turn on where the uh, camera light would uh, would flash, and I think that would be very helpful for uh, people who are deaf. You know, people that cannot hear anything. I think that would also come in handy. But again, like I said, these things are found in the accessibility settings. So that's the first feature that we want to talk about. Uh, John, did you try that, or what are your thoughts about this change?
3: I'll be honest with you. I installed it, and I looked to see if they had fixed the bug I reported, and they had not. So I turned it off and put it back in the drawer. But I am I am glad to hear about the uh, accessibility improvements. Anytime they're continuing to add accessibility features to a phone, you know, I'm happy about it because you know, that's the first thing I look for uh, when I get a new update to a new version of the OS is go see what's changed in the accessibility section.
5: So before I talk about this, I want to talk about the problem that I had. Now this was just a one-time occurrence, but now I'm having another problem. So I installed the beta, I don't remember when, But it was Friday morning and my WhatsApp messages went haywire. They were showing some messages from Thursday and they were showing some messages from Friday morning. And it all happened on the same day because I remember my friend messaged me on the same day. The notification came in. But when I went into WhatsApp, the time was showing yes, Thursday. Then in the afternoon, I was in the office and my time was showing 2 a.m. So I don't know what time zone my phone went into and I did everything. I turned off the automatic time zone setting and turned it back on, nothing happened. Then I restarted my phone and it fixed it. Now the new problem has started is when someone calls me and my screen is locked and my, it has not unlocked the screen for many like for many hours, the phone app will just crash. So I think this is more buggy than the developer AV1. And now about the flashing notifications, If the screen flashes, it is okay. But I don't think the camera light flashing should be okay. But it will help the people to cut here. But I think it will consume a lot of battery. And if it just flashes once and turns off, that is okay. But if it flashes many times and your phone is in the pocket, that also will generate a lot of heat. Because I've seen cameras that are on generate a lot of heat when the phone is in the pocket.
0: Well, these things are optional though. Let's make that clear. They're not things that uh, are turned on by default once you enable that. So once you turn, once you, 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 Turn on this or tap on it. You have those two choices. You can choose which one you want. You can choose the screen up flashing, and you can even choose whatever color it is that you want it to flash in. For my testing, I I chose the yellow color, but but it has other colors in there too. And that doesn't mean that turning it on automatically enables the camera mode either. So you have to uh, choose. Uh, you can choose both, or choose one of those if you want. But choosing one doesn't automatically uh, turn on the other either. I tested both, you know, separately, and yeah, work as intended.
3: Yeah, it's- exactly. These are both optional. So if you know if you're a deaf person, and you know it helps you to see that you have a notification, you're not going to be concerned that you know it might use up some battery. You know, it's worth the trade off for you if it means you're you're not going to miss a notification.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's going to be doing that continuously, though. It only does that twice, and then it stops. So it's just an instant uh, flash to let you know you got something. It's not a continuous thing uh, by any chance of imagination. That's not what it is. Uh, So like I said, I tested both, and it's not something that keeps doing that. It does that twice, and that's it. So I guess Warren, would uh, um, when you have it set for the screen
4: flash with your notifications, will it flash the screen if the screen is not actively on?
0: I would imagine that. Well, I didn't, I didn't check it with the screen on, uh, the screen off. To be honest, um, I just uh, I had it while the screen was on because you can preview uh, what it would look like, and then. Um, I would imagine that, yes, it will flash even when your screen is off because if I get a notification and I want to know that I have a notification, um, I I should know about it. I would imagine that it would be or when I turn on the uh, screen, but I I would like to believe that it will do it um, when the screen is off. So I I cannot be, you know, um, I'm not sure as to whether or not. So I can't say categorically that it would, but I would like to think that it would. Yeah. like
4: The one thing I do actually see with this is, even if you find it useful for someone like me who, say, receives a ton of notifications all day, I could actually see this impacting your, your screen life opposed to your battery in more of a drastic way can see your uh, screen actually wearing out much faster than i can see it draining your battery
0: but i don't think it's it's going to be any draining more of your battery than cuz you know in normal circumstances when notifications come they'll pop up near the the top of your screen exactly. anyway so it's the no. same it's the same idea it's not that this thing is using any uh uh whatever more than that i don't see this as Uh, particularly draining any battery because it's using the same thing that is coming from your notification. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I can see it being more
4: of a drain on your screen's lifespan opposed to a battery drain. Exactly. Exactly. I think that would be something that, especially for someone like me who's got a lot of notifications, that would be something that I would actually be a little more wary about because obviously we want to get the most life out of our devices. And if we're going to be wearing out our screens with a notifications aisle, you kind of should maybe look at making that just for the priority notifications, like your calls, your text messages, your WhatsApp, opposed to not like your access. Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams, the, those kind of apps.
0: And it is not like uh, when it comes, you know, it's obstructing you seeing what is going on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not the case at all.
3: No. And even so with the LED fla- lighting up for the camera, it's I can't imagine that uses more battery than like a, a notification sound being played. You know, it's just exactly that split second kind of that play. it lights up. Yeah,
4: like I know I've I played around actually with having the camera flash as a notification method for a while, just for the hell of it. And that thing had, I guess that would have been um probably a couple of years ago. So I would have been using a A7D. And it had a severe impact on battery, but we've got so much better with our phones now that I can't see that being a huge issue at all. I see more impact on your screen lifetime than I can on your battery.
1: How does it work does the um Does the whole screen light up? Is that how it works?
0: It lights up not in the sense that you have a light, you know, but the colour, you know, pops up, you know, so it kind of shows whatever colour you chose. Like I said, I chose yellow to test it with and it just, you know, you see this yellow come up and it doesn't take away what you're looking at or, you know, what you're reading or whatever, but that lets you know you just got that notification.
1: So is it more of a different colour rather than a flashing light?
0: Exactly,
2: Mm. exactly.
0: The next one that we have has to do with something that is there, um, but it's not quite there. It's still buried behind the flag, so it's something that would be coming uh, probably in the beta next month when it's open up for everybody. And this is something that I think is taken from one UI, uh, Samsung, in the sense that you know when it comes to feeling in your pin for example you turn off your phone or shut down your phone and turn it back on and then it comes and asks for a pin if you go enable this to where after i finish putting in my pin you know it should just automatically unlock without me needing to tap the OK. You know, you notice that we have that in Samsung, but you have to enable that in the Samsung pin area if you want that to happen. Uh, I think with Samsung, uh, you can even make it with four digits. But with the one from uh, Google, it has to be at least uh, six uh, digits before you could uh, enable that feature. So I kind of like that because I, to be honest, I don't all- always like this whole idea of, you know, putting in my pin and then go tap the enter or tap the okay uh, to say, okay, I'm done. Once I, you know, have it done right, then just go ahead and unlock it. So uh, that's another thing that is coming, but right now it's hidden behind a flag. So I imagine that will be next month will become available.
5: This feature is also available in the OnePlus phone's and I don't know about other OEMs, but at least it was available in the OnePlus 7 and the OnePlus Nord currently, the OnePlus Nord 2. So it is available in those phones.
3: This is actually one of the reasons why I like started using Pattern, just because it's faster. Because that was one of the things that annoyed me about putting my PIN in, is like, why am I putting my PIN in and then hitting Enter? just want to unlock as fast as possible so that's why I switch to the pattern
1: i've never known how to use a pattern i didn't know you could if you're if you're blind so maybe we need to have a at some stage to do a little um demo of how to do that or something
3: tip of the week yeah i can probably yeah, do
1: I'll that at anything. some
0: point a little tip of the week there for you john uh so that's yeah. your homework for next week
3: okay i'll see if i can throw something together
0: yeah, so let's. We look forward to seeing that next week. Shall we say amen on that one, John? <laughs> we'll okay, end amen. The, end the week no, next week. <laughs> Good. The next thing that also is available, but also have to be enabled in the uh, developer mode, and that will be the back gesture where you could actually see what's going to land, for example. Because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when you, let's say I'm on an app, for example, I'm on Chrome, and then a message came through or whatever, and I decide to check that message. And if I hit the back, sometimes I'm taken out of both the, uh, the messaging app and my Chrome that was in there is gone. I don't know if that happens to you guys, but I see that happens to me, you know, from time to time. But so Google is doing something to where you will actually see where you are going to go back to, whether it's going to be going back to the app that you are just on, or it's going to go back to uh, the home screen. The only thing though is that developers will need to enable that because right now it's only working with some uh, Google apps, and I think that's a good thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing developers adapting that. That would be really good.
1: So, how would that work? Would it say back to Inbox, for example?
0: Yeah, I, I just I haven't tried it to see how it it would work, but I'm imagining that those of us that use the screen reader, because we can't see. The uh, animation that is showing where it's going to go back to—that we would actually uh, hear talk back saying, you know, going back to inbox or going back to Chrome or something to that effect—that
1: would be quite handy. It would be. But- I do have a suspicion that you just pressed your back button too enthusiastically, Warren, because I don't think that's ever happened to me.
0: <laughs> well, it happens to me, to be honest. Um
1: You've got these big uh, thick manly fingers, you see, that's what it is. But
0: uh, Warren uses the uh, swipe gestures. I, I use yeah, and... yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, we're talking about yeah, that's the, the gestures, that's what I'm talking about. And can and you, for can me, you
1: remind it... me and the listeners what the back gesture is? Because some of us just have a back button. On the on the bottom of
0: our phone. <laughs> okay, so so the back gesture that we're talking about here is to swipe, you know, from the edge, either from the left or right edge of your phone, and and you know a horizontal that, swipe. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you swipe from the right edge toward the middle, or from the left edge uh, edge toward the middle, and it will go back. But if you do a slow mo motion you will see where it is going to land you and you can still move your hand, your fingers back to the, the edge that you started uh, swiping from and it will stop, uh, stop from going back. And that's what this one is. So it, I think for us to check it, we'll do that to see if it will say where I'm going back to and things like that. Uh, but uh, when I, like, like I said, if I swipe right now, as I have it, if I'm in Chrome and messaging comes in, and uh, a lot of times I go back, I'm out of both of them. So that is something that Google is, is working on. But like I said, so far though, it's only working like with some Google apps, like Google News and all of that. So it will depend on developers to uh, implement that, but at least it's
2: something that's gonna be there.
0: Besides that, there are some other notification changes and things like that. Um, so next month, though, it's going to be opening up for beta so that people who are interested would then be able to join the beta. And, but, you know, uh, if you don't have a phone that qualifies, then you would kind of wait till it comes to everybody, you know, sometime in the fall. Uh, the lineup, though, is that, just like Android 13 came in August, this too will come in August—the final uh, public release.
1: Imagine if they just got stuck on Android 13, and every single year it was just always cool. Oh,
4: yeah. you mean like Windows and Windows 10? Yeah, they could Windows do that. 10. Windows, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it'll be their last operating system, and then they'll come up with one more. Yeah, yeah. they're all—they're they're all liars. Uh, or what if Google market. decided
5: like, to go back like to in the KitKat days and
4: just said, this is 13.1. It would have to be 13.1.1. Get
0: it right. Oh, no. And then 13.1.2. That was very annoying. That's why Google, you know, we hated prefer,
1: that. I much preferred the things like Pi and stuff. I, you know, I, you know. I mean,
4: I, I was all over Kit Kat, Just, just
0: saying. Oh, Kit Kat was so many different versions, it was not even funny. You know?
4: <laughs> I, I, w- I was a great fan of Kit Kat. That's where I walked into Android on. So
0: I, I'm I'm forever it's
4: gonna be my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, maybe you like eating that Kit Kat too. Uh, oh, I yeah. mean yeah, I, have you ate seen Kit Kat the flavors done. of Kit Kat, Kit Kat you can get in Japan?
4: <laughs> what? Take a look at the flavors of Kit Kat chocolate bars you can get in Japan.
1: Like what? Like wasabi or something?
4: Oh Oh, There's so many they will blow your mind.
0: I wouldn't want that. That thing would be weird. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: I I, agree. I I would try it just once. (laughs) Another important thing here is that the uh, photo picker, for example, is kind of has been revamped to where actually you can have apps not accessing that. So you can say, you know, block and never allow, or, you know, we, so it, it boils down to that permission where apps could access your your files or photos and stuff like that. Uh, it's not going to be, you have final control in the sense that you can tell them, you can block them, don't even access it. And another thing that Google is doing that i i like is going to be about all the uh snake oil that people have been selling us for years now um it has to do with oh you know ram boosters you know uh uh speeding up your phone blah 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 uh, all that nonsense uh is going to be killed in android 14 um because google succinctly puts it out there it doesn't do anything. Those are just actually waste your resources and only hard on your on your device. So uh, that snake oil is going to be gone. So if you've mm-hmm. been buying, you know, ram boosters or speeding my phone or uh, background killers, forget it. About time. I say amen. Yeah, <laughs> it's time. You know, the snake oil was back in the 1800s. We should be done with that a long time ago.
4: I agree. (laughs) I'm sorry. The only way to boost your RAM is by either legitimized VRAM or getting higher RAM chips in the phone.
0: Exactly. And Google says Android is intelligent enough. It bases it on the cache, and when there's too much, then it will automatically know how to handle it. So... Uh the, the, the snake oil now can only do it to itself, but not other, other uh, apps. So if you still want to use that snake oil, you can use it, but just know that it's not going to work on other apps because all it did was, you know, just kill the process. But then when you restart the uh, phone, it's back again, and then it goes through the same circle again, actually putting a lot of stress on your phone. Snake oil, gone.
4: I wonder how many of those apps are actually
0: malware. <laughs> I agree. I, I never you know, really cared about those type of apps. I've never but used those.
1: I thought that Google Play, like I thought the store vetted the apps. So how are people even getting them? Why, why are they even there? Like... <laughs> it,
0: it, Thank you, Fee. and And feed. that's one... Google is going to deny those apps on the Play Store. They're sending a uh, message to developers those apps are not going to be allowed anymore. So hmm. good thing you mentioned that, yes.
1: Can I just check because you said this is, um, it's going to be a beta next month. So what's this version you've got now then?
2: DP2, Developer 2.
1: So it's a, this is a version normally used just by developers rather than members exactly. of the public? Ah, yeah. okay. yes.
4: yes. Your public betas generally will come out in March, April your developer betas generally will start coming out like January, February. I
1: see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, the developer preview always come out in in February. We've never had it in January. Uh, uh, Actually, in years past, it's usually like in March. But with Android 13, uh, it actually came out in February. And so we had more, or was it Android 11? One of those, we had like maybe four developer previews. uh, But with uh, Android 13 last year, we had uh, two developer previews, February, March, and then April came the first uh, beta. And the same thing is happening this year. So this is the last developer preview that we have for Android 14. And next month in April will be the very first beta that anyone can join if they wanted to. So we'll have, like, uh, April 1st a beta, second one in May, third one in June, fourth one in July, and final release in August. So four betas and two developer previews. Well, that would conclude today's episode. And Austin standing by to give you information on how to go about contacting us. Austin?
5: So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers. Press subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week.
0: And folks, this concludes this week's episode. From me, it's goodbye.
2: Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone.
4: Cam, say bye to the people. I'm finally able to unmute. My cat stepped on the keyboard. So bye. (laughs)
0: That's beautiful Thanks for listening to another clip From the Blind Android Users channel Don't forget to hit that subscribe button So you're notified of every new material That we upload Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel